construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Well, welcome golfers. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Flagstick Podcast. Um, as always, I am your host, Jeff Botter, with uh, my good buddy, Scott McLeod. Morning, all. Um, Flagstick Podcast is uh, sponsored again this week by TaylorMade with Stealth. They've pushed past the limits of titanium and introduced the world to the carbon wood age. So how far are they willing to take it? Way past far and into forgiveness. Introducing all new Stealth 2 Plus, combining elements of speed and forgiveness to unlock forgiveness. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Um, we'd like to remind you, as always, make sure you're following across all social media networks, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Subscribing to us on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And uh, we really encourage you to hook up on that YouTube channel. Subscribe to us there, like us, click the notification bell, make sure you never miss a single episode. Um, our first contest will be coming to a close soon, so mm-hmm. please uh, get in there and uh, comment on something and uh, make sure you're entered into the draw. Um, Scotty Mack. Good day. How are you, sir? I'm good. Uh, played... Uh, <gasps> golf? I played yeah, golf? I played maybe... I don't know. Well, it was kind of a weird one. It was one of those Metcalf Golf Club uh rounds at night where you get out there and i think we played one two three two three still uh, cross country brandon was working Love on some country. stuff so he went back on number six to the tee and hit about six shots in twice uh, nice i'm trying to i'm trying to not push the leg too much but things are feeling really really good right now so things are looking up for playing a little bit more golf um but uh hit it good though I'll tell you i have <laughs> played weird. A ridiculous level of golf in the last five days. Okay. I have played four times in the last five days. Well, what are you gearing up for? Pro pro next week. <laughs> you know, I figured you know there's gotta I, be there's gotta be I something. Play, yeah, you know, if I'm playing a bunch, I'm obviously yeah, getting ready for a tournament or something. Otherwise, it's like, eh, whatever. So yeah, uh, yeah you're yeah. definitely trying to hone the skills a little bit and tighten things up. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, it's a lot of work. I was talking to a, <clears throat> a friend of ours on, on the uh, PGA Tour Canada this morning, and I was just saying, man, you know, he's saying I'm tired after four weeks. And I'm like, I was tired after like two days of playing golf. So yeah, especially it, in the heat right now, too. So. Oh, yeah, it's crazy out there. I mean, you got to do the uh, I mean, it was nice last night. We went out about seven o'clock and played. So yeah. and it was uh, it was a decent night. And mm. the bugs aren't too bad right now. So, yeah. You know, two o'clock in the afternoon golf, maybe not so much. Yeah, yeah, but uh, hey, it's nice to get out, and uh, we'll we'll take it. It's not snow, right? So I'm 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 happy to be out and playing, and you know, it looks like some semblance of golf. So right. hopefully, that means I'm somewhat ready. The, we'll the bigger question is, your partner ready to play? I have no. That's that is. I, I think. I think Last I heard entry, it was a pro pro, not a pro. I, I, I think the entry form had to be extended open to make sure he got his registration in. So uh, I don't know how much he's, he said he'll be ready. And I said to him, yeah, it was going to be tough if I had to play it by myself. So uh, we'll see. Uh, looking oh forward to gosh. seeing well, the Meadows haven't hope, played there in a while. I hope the shoulders don't uh, have to bear too much of a burden. 
hope not. I will say I lost my last two matches though. My our, our good buddy Kenny Thompson from from Acre Golf. We play in some matches here. We, uh, you know, we have a regular winter game, and we actually played the winter game outdoors. Nice. So with Dale Peterson, the pro at, at Garrison, and Gavin Robertson, who's the vice president of aftermarket sales for for True Temper, and uh, yeah, we lost. So played well, but lost. Mm-mm. So I'm not going to blame Kenny. I'm not going to throw him under the bus. But it was Kenny's fault. But I made a bunch of birdies and it wasn't enough. <laughs> so what? And he didn't make a bunch of birdies. Oh, Let this okay. be a lesson to you, Dmac. <laughs> yes, make birdies. Make birdies. Work on the putting. You got to drop. Oh, yeah. You got to drop some birdies. Help. Yep. Help my man out here a little bit. Yeah. Got to yep. do something. All good. All oh good. my gosh. Yeah. Well, we got a good show. Yeah, we got a lots going show. on. Um, yeah, it's uh, a little bit of a. An odd mix this week yeah. of stuff, some different stuff. Not 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 sort of the traditional uh, topics, which um, we do like to mix these things up and not keep them too uh, stale, if you will. Um, so. On the front line, we're going to talk a little bit about the U.S. Open as uh, Women's Open as it is at yeah. Pebble Beach. Uh, so that's cool. Um, You've got a little little game kind of thing. <laughs> I haven't quite figured this one out yet, but but I'll get you to All explain right. it in time. Sure. Uh, a right. little NHL sure. golfer handicaps. Uh, yeah. Um, Whether game. we believe them or not. <laughs> yes. Believe it or not. Exactly. Um, and um, on the back nine, you're gonna you you did an interview with Cameron uh, Perot. Perot. Yeah. Um, and there's an interesting story that goes along with that, but we'll get into that in the back nine, particularly yeah. with that interview. Cameron obviously is the uh, the uh, new Ontario men's amateur champion, yeah. um, so we'll get into that. Plus, Kevin and Jake Kim are once again are, are once again back uh, on the lesson tee with us, and uh, they're going to have another uh, another lesson tee instruction tip for you all. Um, so let's get to the front nine. Um, Presented by Metcalf Golf Club, a natural setting, a pleasant challenge. Golf season is here, so make sure that you're saving on your golf this season. Join a league or purchase some game packs and be ready to hit that first tee with some extra money in your pocket. Visit MetcalfGolf.com to shop now. Um, okay, just a couple of things in the in the front nine, uh, just to wrap up some some news some yeah. news, if you will. Um, the Play Junior Golf Tour, which uh, obviously we are a major sponsor of uh, as they race to the uh, flagstick.com cup. Yes, um, sir. The uh, Schools Out Junior Championship was on. And we we talked about this last yep. last episode of the podcast that you were going to make uh, make your way out there and, sure and uh, at the landings. And how, how was it? Was it good? It was fun. It was, yeah. it was great. Uh, you know, again, it's, it's funny now because the parents – are the people we used to cover in junior tournaments? Oh so it's it's pretty funny. With why all do you sudden, have to make it? Why? Why? I know. I know. I'm sitting there looking at this one guy, going, "I know him. I know him." And then I was like, "Oh no! Oh no!" I remember him playing junior golf, and now his kids playing, and you know, all of a sudden the names start to be familiar and things as well. But you know, some great kids out there. Uh, you know, McLean, Tyler, and Chris were out there running the show. Uh, great golf course for for the kids i mean you know just an executive length golf course in the landings and uh everybody was having a great time out there and you know obviously there's winners at the end of the day but i mean there were some cool little golf swings um i'm gonna put together a little bit of gallery i, I shot a lot of photos out there but 
it's nice to see kids that, uh, you know, they're playing their first tournaments. Um, you know, it just, it was fun. There was one case where, uh, the two Patterson girls that are regular players and, and, and winners in a lot of the local events or whatever, their younger brother was playing his first tournament and, and the, uh, oldest sister, um, Peyton, she went out and played her 18 and then came in and went caddying for her brother <laughs> afterwards it was super, super cute. So, um, great turnout. They had about 70 players, including a kid that showed up like last minute. Yeah. And, and this was really neat. It was last minute. Um, you know, I won't get into their family situation and thing or whatever, but it was a family friend who brought the kid over. The mom's not a golfer, didn't really know about it, but the young kid is a sponsor junior uh, at the, at the landings. Um, you know, they sort of take care of him, look out for him there, showed up last minute. Chris got him a spot in the field, put him in the field, got to play his first golf tournament ever nice. um was super excited um it was really neat it was just you know somebody who came from a non-traditional background not a family background of golf but you know had gotten into the game somehow and you know was able to get in and play this tournament and you could see sort of that spark in him and you know you know the caretaker that was with him said, you know, we're going to get him signed up for the tour and get him out to as many events as he can. He really loves it. And, you know, that's a life changing moment for mm -hmm. the, those yeah. kids. And that's exactly why we're involved with the tour, right? It's, it's those moments that make the difference. That is it. Exactly. And, and, um, you know, had that been maybe, uh, you know, a, a bigger, uh, junior event, you're not just, you're not just going to walk out. Right. And, and, yeah. No, and no, for sure. But the yeah. nature of that tour is is to introduce the kids to this type of competitive golf and to make it accessible yeah and and um uh open yeah. you know what i mean like not 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 to close it off and be all hoity-toity about it like it's yeah. it's it's inclusionary like they want the kids to come out and play so if they can slip yeah. some kid into the field at the last minute yeah you know it's not about oh we didn't have a tea time or we right. not registered exactly. so get them into yeah. the field get them yeah. playing because you yeah. know these are the kids we gotta we gotta work with these kids at this age and that's why this is a it's a good tour some good yep. competition on it, but it's a lot more of a developmental introductory tour to uh, to the juniors. So for sure, uh, cool. Um, yeah, list, assuming list there were some winners and stuff. Let me yeah. list the winners and uh, yeah, sure, I'll get into it here. Dublin Eaton, uh, Moy uh, McDonald, Wilson Jordan Olivia Patterson, Zach Moore, Kaylee Spare. Uh, you'll know that's Paul Spare's uh, daughter. So Paul obviously played in Garrison Open and and uh, you know a member at Rita View. Um, Kian Gauthier, Elizabeth Chen Baker, Sam Hogan, Nash Condi, uh, Bryce Sismar, and Vanessa Bell, who is the youngest out there. Uh, great little golf swing. G write that name down. I'm telling you right now, this kid was in the, the youngest category, which is, I think, U7. Mm -hmm. And what a golf swing. What a golf swing. Nice. So, uh, you know, just fun to, fun to watch. So, um, yeah, so congratulations to the winners there. Uh, next event will be uh, next Monday at Prescott's. Cool. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, Paul Spare. Oh. Well, how how uh, how the, um, the fact that, you know, Paul, we've known Paul for a long time. Yeah. And uh, I actually, you know, everybody knows that I'm also involved in hockey. Right. And, Paul's son Lucas ah. is uh, uh, has been in. I think he's. This is the second group of sessions that he's done with me. Okay, um, cool on the ice, and and you know Paul obviously 
yeah, yeah, comes, comes out along. and whatnot. Yeah. So I've seen seen Paul a number of times over the over That's the funny. course of the the end of the the end of the hockey season, the beginning yeah. of the golf season. So yeah, no, a uh, good little hockey player Lucas is, and yeah, and, cool. uh, it's it was kind of interesting to see him out there. But now that you mentioned that, it's like okay, now we you know next generation. It's just crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, so. We obviously made announcements to the Ottawa Valley Golf Association Hall of Fame. Yep. We we made the um, uh, announcement about the inductions a while ago. And right. yep. the ceremonies have been kind of starting to, to, to happen. Um, yeah, they're about, now. To, about to take place starting yeah. Saturday is the first one. Yep. So the first one is going to be with uh with kevin and lisa and kevin haim uh, yeah we're being inducted in the builder category and they're actually doing some pretty i'm kind of it's kind of cool what they're doing because it's it's very difficult to to kind of with everybody's schedules we're in the season to, to get these things to happen all in the same right. to have these big lavish ceremonies mm-hmm. um and so they're doing some cool things where they're they're kind of having the ceremonies at different events that are already existing or in different areas. And the, the first one with Kevin and Lisa Haim, um, they're actually doing it on the air on yeah. uh, Kevin's uh, Tee It Up uh, with Kevin Haim radio show um, yeah. this Saturday. Yeah, Joe's uh, going to be on there with them and Drew Lefebvre. So they're going to represent the OBGA and, and tell some stories. And yeah, it's 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 cool. It's It's personalized, right? Yeah, very much, very yeah. much. Um, now some of the other ones, just, why don't you just, you know, uh, make notes, guys, some of the other ones, cause again, sure. they're interesting how they're going about doing those inductions. Yeah. So, uh, Alan McGee was going to be inducted, uh, at Eagle Creek golf club on July 12th. So that's during the OBJ city and district championships. Uh, obviously he won eight of those. So, you know, all time guy, as far as having his name on that trophy. So that's perfect. Uh, Brad Fritch, who's going in the player category as well, you know, who made his way obviously on to the, you know, the PGA tour, he's going to be home, uh, during the uh, Ottawa open, he's going to be playing in the PGA tour Canada event. So they're going to host, uh, his, on July 19th at Brito view, which is the club that uh, he played out for played out of for most of his career obviously started at Carleton then went over to Redview and then another one at Redview will be July 23rd uh, which will be Susan Pearl so yeah it, it's cool it's customized for each of them the nice part is the attention gets to be on those individual honoree at yeah. those particular dates not that you know you're not that you're going there and you know you want yourself you know the only to be the only one and get the attention on you or whatever but um, this allows people to kind of be their friends and family to come and support them uh you know and not have to uh you know like you said coordinate it so that everybody's available a lot easier this way and uh yeah it should should be interesting so and you know as far as i know all the honorees are are, are pretty excited about uh, their induction ceremonies obviously they knew they were going in we've known mm-hmm. them for a while but uh the induction ceremony is really you know that's where they really get celebrated more than anything yeah and you feel like it you feel like it's real at that point too yeah you know? exactly otherwise it's just a you know it's just a message and whatever until you have to stand up and make those speeches then uh, then you you get to know that wow okay this is real so you yeah. would know maybe <laughs> um okay now something happened <laughs> this past week on the pga tour which oh, yes. i'm really excited i, I just was just to touch on this very very quickly because yeah. i like this topic i i ricky fowler won again yeah on the pga tour now I don't find this surprising at all, given how he's been playing as of late. Oh, uh, it yeah, kind of figured so that, many top tens this year. Yeah, yeah like this crazy. was going to happen. Yeah, but 
is there a better guy on the PGA Tour right now? Is there a better uh, role model for kids mm. on the PGA Tour right now? Is there a better face for the PGA Tour given everything that's been going on with mm. all of the things with the PGA Tour? Is there a better face for the PGA Tour than this guy right now? Like, no, I, you know, that's a great commentary, actually, if you put it in that context, because obviously, you know, there's a lot of discussion about the, the tour and, and all sorts of thing, different things going on. And and you're right. Ricky Fowler is a face of the tour. The, the cool part about Ricky is that, you know, no matter when he, you know, dropped down to 170 in the world, which still means he's a world class player, but, mm-hmm. you know, was going through the the, you know, the rougher part of his career where he wasn't playing as well. He was still there signing autographs. He was still there till dark, taking care of things. Yeah, he, to the he end. Didn't, like he did, doesn't let it change his life and dictate. Because you know what, with Ricky Fowler and anybody who's ever met him, golf is not Ricky Fowler. Ricky no. Fowler is Ricky Fowler. He doesn't let his accomplishments or what he does from day to day affect who he is. Uh, and you're right; it's a great example. And I, I thought one of the great commentaries was the fact that you know here's a guy that's super frustrated, you know was obviously going to be super frustrated with his game, but still took the press conferences, you know, wasn't throwing clubs, wasn't, you know what I mean? Uh, he probably had all the right to in the world, um, mm, but that's yeah. just, but that's just not him. So, you know, as much as people maybe wanted to chew on him for, you know, wearing the orange and whatever the case and, and whatever, who cares? Um, I mean, you're right. And I think there was a lot of people that were super excited for this. Even, you know, if you look at the the video from the, the tournament, obviously Adam Hadwin uh, and Colin Morikawa were in there with, you know, with, with him in the, in the playoff or whatever, but to have Fowler, you know, win it, even, even Hadwin's excited, you know, he's, he's yeah. like clapping because they know, not only what this means for Ricky, what this means for golf in general. Um, and yeah, it just gives, again, more exposure for a good role model. You know, Scotty Scheffler, great guy as well. Maybe doesn't have the same personality mm-hmm. that Ricky has. Ricky's just got a lot of things that appeal to a lot of people. And you're right. He, he really is a is a role model more than anything, which is hard to say about professional athletes, really, in most cases. Yeah, it is. And I mean, I mean, you know, we we see it more with the uh, professional golfers. We we can see that role model side a little bit. Um, mm. They're a little less uh, out in the out in the world. You know, out in the public eye as much. Um, you know, and like like a basketball player. You know, right. like a LeBron James. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. hard for someone like LeBron James to, for me to be a role model for anybody because there's so many things about him that I wouldn't want. Mm. You know, and there's so many things that are good about him as a yeah. role model. Yeah, yeah. Same I with hockey that. players and football yeah. players and stuff. It's, Ricky's a little bit more balanced, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. know, just the way he goes about things where, like you said, the, the golf is not, it does not define him. No. The golf is just what he does. Yeah. His, his name, his brand, his personality is what defines him. And the way he acts at an event where he sticks around and and signs autographs, even he just lost the U.S. Open. He just like he yeah. was, and he's out there all four rounds of that tournament signing autographs. When you know back in the yeah. day, Tiger Woods would be back at the hotel, you know, oh, yeah, having I've a meal it. and and get having a nap. And Ricky's yeah. out there till eight nine o'clock at night, still at the golf course, even if he finish playing four or five yeah. hours earlier like yeah he know he knows what a privilege it is to to be out there and to be in that position right mm-hmm. which is you know important to 
remember. Yeah. You know, so for him to win, you know, is it good for golf? Absolutely. Would it change who Ricky is to golf? No, but it certainly enhances it. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. It's a nice, Uh, nice US US Women's Open is at Pebble Beach. Yep. Uh, This is exciting. Um, I love it. Number one, to have the women playing Pebble Beach in a US Open. Yeah. Uh, number two to have a major championship of any stat uh, on any tour at Pebble Beach is yeah. is awesome. Yeah, um, better better than the regular events there normally. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just excited. I mean, excited to see Pebble Beach. Certainly, obviously, I'm excited to see. I do. I do like women's golf. Um, yeah. You know, well, this so... is just such a nice marriage of those two, right? You get the iconic yeah. venue, plus you get the best LPGA players in the world. It just there's a lot of there's a lot of texture here to this story and how it could play out. Right? Feels a little different. I'm watching the news last night and they're showing a video of of uh, Brooke hitting a tee shot on number seven. And it does and feel weird, like, eh? It's just because it, you're just not yeah. you're just it's not used to seeing them yeah. play Pebble Beach like yeah. this. It's like wow, this is you know I'm going to be we're going to be watching some of the best LPGA Tour players on the yeah. planet coming up 18. You but know. it should feel more normal, which I think is great. If you look at KPMG, you know, just happening at Balta's role again. Yeah, you know, that LP- was ex- yeah, that was good too. Right. So now the LPGA Tour players, though, are getting access to these iconic golf courses that previously were only men's tournaments, mm-hmm. and it's becoming more normalized, and and which is fantastic because you know you want the little girls that are playing in tournaments, and I mean, and and fans. It doesn't matter whether little girls or whoever is that that's a fan of of the LPGA, but seeing those players playing mm-hmm. on those venues and being inspired by it as well. So yeah, this is this is as much you know, and the USGA knows that as well. This is very much about you know getting them on a on a world class venue, but you know the inspiration and yeah, it's been interesting to listen to the press conferences and and the players and and them talking yeah. about you know they're asking them what's your favorite hole and they're like all of them, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all of them you know what i mean what's your favorite uh, hole yeah oh my yes. which is fantastic i mean we've got four canadians there um brooke is obviously the only um professional we have uh uh celeste Ao, uh lauren kim and monet chun is there so okay. we've got three amateurs that are that are there um I think Celeste has got to be close to turning pro though. Mm-hmm. She has not already. I don't think she has. So, uh, but anyways, we've got four of them that have qualified. So we have that little special interest to watch there, but uh, imagine what it's going to look like on Sunday, like going down 18 and you yeah. know, there's a lot of scenarios that run through my head and, and you know, they're going to, you know, it's a nicer conditions, hopefully, but mm-hmm. you know, we think of the, the Pebble beach, um, you know, the u.s the pebble beach pro-am is kind of the one that yeah. you know, kicks in but your head because you, it's so early in the season and right um, but if you think of the u.s opens the men's u.s opens that have happened there and you yeah. think about the iconic play and things that have happened i mean that's just going to be really fun to watch. i know i know i'm going to watch this yeah. I, I, it's going to be on my radar to watch this weekend so well i'm going to watch it for two reasons obviously i'm going to watch it because of the um of the historic nature of the women playing there yeah. uh, during the U.S. Open. Um, but I'm also going to watch it because of the golf course, uh, course. which is a, a lot of tournaments that I watch. I do watch partly of because course. the golf mm-hmm. is the golf and partly because I like the golf course. Some courses I've played before, so I'm right. curious yep. to see, 
you know, how that course on TV, yeah. how it looks. Um, but it, it's a combination of both of watching the golf and seeing how it plays out on Sunday. And I probably don't have a lot of time this weekend, so probably won't t- tune in. You can know, catch the replays, and, and yeah. Whatever the case. yeah. So it'll probably be more Sunday at Sunday afternoon that I'm I'm watching it as they're coming down. Plus, I guess it, it's out west, so it'll be a bit later yeah. too. So that's uh, yeah. that's always a good thing. I, I think one of the cool things as well, because it's uh, you know, because it's the U.S. Open, we start to get exposed as well to other players, not just all the regular players mm-hmm. in the LPGA Tour. And you know, obviously the the USGA sends out you know a great list of notes and things. And the things that jumped out to me uh, on the notes was the fact that there's four. Uh, drive chip and putt national finalists that are actually playing that's this funny. event, which is kind of neat. That's you a you cool think, statistic. You think of these cool little juniors and, and going on to to do things, and and uh, you know three of them have been champions before, and first time U.S. Open competitors. There's 45 in the wow. field of 156, and you know obviously that's the nature of open qualifying, but you know and Monet Chun uh, is among them. Uh, you know, our Canadian as well. Um, it's really neat to get the exposure to these players and, and to see them, you know, chances are they're not going to contend. Um, but that's not really the point. It's no. getting them on that stage and getting to see those skills and the fact that, you know, there's players here from 30 different countries. Uh, and, you know, obviously on the LPGA side, it's it's a bigger more international game than even on the men's side mm-hmm. um so again that adds another little element as far as seeing things and again there's a million things that you go through but yeah 156 players uh some of the best in the world uh six of the top 50 amateurs in the world um it'll just be it, it'll be fun to follow for sure cool. yeah looking forward to it and everybody yeah. else should be looking forward to it this should be uh should be quite a weekend yeah, uh, I should know. We do, I think we missed it, maybe. But the uh, OVJ Junior City District, the U15, was played uh, this past weekend, oh, okay. and uh, out at Rockland. And just to recognize quickly the winners there, uh, details are up at flagstick.com. As always, you can go up there and, and catch the stories. I posted that up there on uh, on uh, Sunday. Uh, Carson Herbert, uh, Michael Vavone, who ended up winning in a playoff, uh, Jack Semple, or Sample, uh, Owen Kopp, Amelia McFarlane, and Olivia Patterson. And, you know, there's some familiar names there because a bunch of them all play on the Play Junior Golf Tour as well. So There you go. Yeah. Um, Scott. Yes, sir. Uh, we, we're, we need to take, well, do we need to, we got about, think, uh, we got about nine minutes before, uh, yeah, before we have to take, take a quick break. break here. Do you want to take a break and then come back and do the, uh, the little onside offside thing after Kevin and Jake's tip? Sure. Why don't we do that? Okay. Let's do that. Uh, we're going to jump out. We're going to take a quick break. And, uh, when we come back, we're going to, uh, do our little game onside offside and see what that's all about. <laughs> uh, we're going to, uh, do a player interview with, uh, uh, Cameron Perro. Yeah. Um, the uh, current Ontario uh, men's amateur champion. And uh, we're going to head out to the lesson tee with uh, Kevin and Jake Hemesim, what they have to say this week. So stay with us. You're listening to the Flagstick Podcast with Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. That's far. So much forgiveness. Wait, did you say forgiveness like far or forgiveness like forgiveness? Forgiveness. For. Forgiveness. Far. Forgiveness. I'm hearing far. Forgiveness. Like forgiveness. Forgiveness? Forgiveness. I'm still hearing far, but 
whatever. Introducing Stealth 2 with more carbon for more forgiveness. Forgiveness. Just hit it. Okay, we are back here at the Flagstick Podcast. And uh, we want to, uh, before we pick up where we left off uh, and start talking about the, the on-site, off-site game, uh, mm-hmm. we want to jump out to the lesson tee with uh, Kevin and Jake Ham Haim, and see what uh, the two... The father-son duo have for us uh, this week. I think it's something about the magic move. So the magic move could be cool. So let's uh, let's check out what they got uh, going on on the lesson tee. Here's Kevin and Jake Hain. Happy Tip Tuesday, golfers. All right, big man. This is an important one. This is that transition from backswing to downswing. This tip is the magic move. Everybody's searching for it. Uh, what starts the downswing? We get that question every day on the lesson tee. Yeah, the simple answer is your weight shifts into your front foot and your lower body leads you into your downswing. Yeah, I think it's important people understand that. It's a kinematic unwind. The upper body kind of sets the backswing. The lower body leads the downswing. Absolutely. But we don't see that very much on the lesson tee. Uh, show people what we see a lot when we're teaching. Yeah, I mean, we see a ton of different issues. But the most common ones are people will get a little bit too stuck on their back leg and as a result tend to spin on the back leg and hang back too much. Yeah, that is the super slice move. If you're stuck on your back leg at the end of your golf swing, you really spun and you didn't start your downswing properly. Absolutely. Let's see the next one. The other com- very common slice move is as I'm in the top of my backswing, I start those downswing with my upper body too aggressively. My head goes forward, my chest opens up. That also gets the club moving outside in and slicing the golf ball. Another slice move, unfortunately, golfers. Yeah. So. Done properly, what should it look like? What we essentially want is as I wind into my back leg, I want my lower body to shift forward and down onto my foot. So I squish my front foot by leading with my lower body, and then my arms kind of drop down my chest as a part of that. Lovely. Go back to the top and stay there. Okay, so when we look at Jake practice this, he does move his body weight onto his lead leg. But notice how the arms come down with the change in direction. That is a pump drill. That's what we're teaching you today. When you swing forward, if the body goes on its own, you can very quickly leave the upper body behind and leave the arms very late as well. So it's not just about throwing your body forward. We need to synchronize the tempo and rhythm of this as well, right Jake? Absolutely. Throwing your legs too aggressively trying to fix the other two problems is just as problematic. In this yeah, way. every problem. Yeah, you got it. So let's see it done. Let's finish up here. Okay. Show us a great pump drill and how we want you to practice. Up to the top, a couple of little moves where we're moving on to the lead leg as we pull the arms down. And then you can go ahead and hit a ball. That's lovely. We're trying to time up. We're trying to lead with the body, but time everything together. Well done. Good Thank tip. You. The magic move. Body first, but we let those arms swing down in front of us and we play better golf. Well, there you have it. The magic move. Watch it over and over again. And you'll figure it out. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to explain these tips. I mean, it's, I'm I'm at the point now where we've done so much instruction, and we always discuss the instruction after we watch the instruction or listen to the instruction. But I'm not gonna do that. And we're not gonna do that. And we're not gonna dissect what Kevin and Jake are teaching. Yeah, you can dissect what Kevin and Jake are teaching. And if you don't understand or you want to know more, then I suggest 
the best thing to do is to uh, reach out to Kevin or Jake Hame directly and book a lesson. Yeah. Because I mean, that's the easiest way to go about it. And, you know, we've, we've, we've shown you the instruction now move on. Um, KevinHame.com is where you can catch them, right? KevinHame.com and you can sign up for lessons if you can, uh, he's pretty busy. I know that. And there's a host more um, instruction on kevinhame.com on his youtube channel which is uh, where these are posted and yep. uh, you can check them out you can also go to flagstick.com to check out some of the past ones you got um it. okay let's jump into our back nine scott mcleod yes sir uh, and our back nine is presented by castleview golf club only a short 25 minute drive from ottawa this 18 hole layout is renowned for its superb conditions unsurpassed service making it a must play in the capital region 5 10 and 20 round packages are available visit castleview.com for more information all right what in the <laughs> what is this onside offside right. thing i don't know what it is it is scaring me because okay so it. scott says look at it's better if you don't know. <laughs> like I don't even don't understand know. what right. that means. It's better if I don't know. Okay. Draft time, lots of stuff going on. Yes. And it tails over. And I know just in being in contact with uh, a number of, you know, young players and stuff, they're all getting out to the golf course now. They're, you know, they love, you know, getting out to the course. And it's always interesting because I was literally talking about uh, there's a young prospect for, He's down actually at the Columbus camp right now. Uh, and I was talking to one of his buddies who happens to be a student and they were out playing the other day. And I said, Hey, what's this index? And he's like, well, he says he's a, this now, obviously, you know, a lot of guys when they're playing the NHL in the winter season, they don't always necessarily get a lot of days off to play golf. Um, so I'm sure their indexes fluctuate by a fair bit. And it just so happened I ran across an NHL video. There was a number of players basically saying what their indexes were. Uh, and this was the last mm. last year that was taking place. And I was questioning whether I believe them or not. So what I decided to do was I decided to take their names, put down what their indexes are, and ask you as a hockey guy who probably, you know, kind of maybe knows or is more familiar with these players, although I'm pretty familiar with, with most of them and, and some of them in a, in a golf context, whether you believe their index is bang on or do you think they're either fudging it kind of higher, lower, uh, onside, offside is really just, you know, a birdie bogey or whatever. You don't have to say it's onside or offside or whatever. Onside, if you think... Well, I'm going to play the game. I'll, yeah. I'll say the onside and offside. So onside, if you think it's, you know, you think it's fitting. And, and this is just a judgment based on nothing. It's not like you're seeing them out playing golf or whatever. It's maybe based on some bias of their character. Do you think they would be fudging their handicap? Do you think from an ego standpoint, they'd be making it lower? I mean, whatever you think as far as these players are concerned. So okay, onside, if it seems right, offside, if you think it's wrong, and whether you think it's higher or lower, but uh, we'll run the list and you can let me know what your opinion is. All right. That? And remember, Shoot. it's just an opinion. All right, let's Hit get me. started. Sid the Kid says his index is an eight, onside or offside. I say onside. Okay. Sidney and... Cros- Sid, Sid Sid's a, a, is probably the the most honest guy. <laughs> like you just you can't I don't see what benefit it. I mean, the guy's a superstar. What benefit is it yeah. to say that he's better than he is at 
I mean, and, and eight is kind of like a maybe a mediocre level golfer, yeah. you know, he's like a high nineties, low eighties kind of player. So I can see it. Yeah. It's funny because in the video, they basically said, what's your index? And he said eight and they're, they're like, what is it really? And he's like, eight. <laughs> it's like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just no nonsense, whatever, no fudging, whatever. So, all right. Uh, Seth Jones um, says he's an 18. Well, I think that's offside. Yeah. I think, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's from Texas too, right? So chances right. are so, he's probably played a fair bit of golf in his day. And on golf courses where a, a big guy like that, that that can hit it 250 probably rolls out to probably about 350. So I think I'm not he's playing, a lot of I'm wedges not playing him off an 18, right? I mean, no, you're gonna lose, no. he's going to be digging into your that's pocket at an 18. 18. I mean, that, that, that's a pretty high index for a yeah, hockey player. Yeah, I think player. so. Yeah, I, I think so for sure. Uh, Sebastian Ejo. I don't know if Sebastian Ejo. Six. I mean, six. Man, that is a low index. Mm. Now, the only thing is, yeah, but they make the playoffs a lot. And they mm -hmm. go deep in the playoffs a fair bit, too. So I can't see him getting a lot getting of spare time. To I think that's offside. I think All he's right. higher. You think he's higher than that? Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah, uh, I think you're right, too. I mean, yeah, you're right. They're going to have a limited se season yeah, I don't know when, when they you're... play. And, and you know, it's again, it's not like the old school. I mean, if you talk to the old school NHL guys where, you know, they're hauling their golf clubs around with them and whatever. And if they yeah. get a break when they're in the, you know, the southern cities, not the same. they're out playing nowadays. Yeah, it's a little bit more intense. So they don't really get as many opportunities. So, all right. Patrick Kane, 9.2. I think that's offside. I think he's lower. Do you? Yeah. I think he's lower. I don't trust Patrick Kane. <laughs> See, it's when it's all becomes all about character. Yeah, I don't know anything, if I trust right? that. And he just no. I think that I think he's lower than that. Yeah. It, it, it's funny because you know when you're thinking about this game i mean again it's totally subjective it's kind of like it's it's sort of affected by what you think of the player more than anything based i on think maybe he might have been a 9.2 back in the days when the chicago was good and winning cups mm, uh it'd sure. be a little higher but i think that's a little inflated i think now the last they, they've missed the playoffs a bunch yeah and even when he moved to the rangers this year they don't they were bounced pretty quick so i think yeah. he spent a lot of time in the golf course so i think that nine two is probably about a five now yeah he and seth jones are reaching into everyone's pockets exactly. all right uh gabriel landis god 4.9 i like that yeah yeah i i yeah. trust i i trust landis god i trust yeah. landis god he's, he's, he's on side yeah all right uh a player who really likes to play a lot Mm -hmm. Probably going to have a little bit more opportunity now as, you know, he's moved a little further south. Ryan O'Reilly at a seven. Yeah, I trust that guy. Yeah. I trust that guy with my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love that hockey player. I, yeah. I Just think, it's, character, I, think it's, right? I don't really care what team he plays on that. Whoever he plays <laughs> yeah. on, it, that's a playoff guy. I like that guy. I trust him. That's a seven. Yeah, that's uh, that's authentic. All right, this one's going to be interesting. Anze Kopitar says he's a three. A three. Wow. I don't know. That's some solid golf. That's some really good golf. Man, that's some really good golf. That just that seems really low. I, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kopi. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah. offside. I think that's higher. You think that's a little Hollywood? I think it's I think that no, I think that's a that's that's low. That's too low. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's a little Hollywood. Yeah. Saying, I'm hey, probably I'm wrong, but that's 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 low. 
All right. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, so offside there. Uh, Roman Yossi says the 14. Yeah, I can believe it. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for a player to, you know, a world-class athlete to sort of admit that, you know, I'm average at another sport. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's legit. I think that's legit. All right. Uh, So onside there. Uh, Thomas Shabbat, 8.6. Not behind it. And he looks like a good golfer. (laughs) Could be, man. Like, Again, I mean, they're all world-class athletes, but he just seems like a guy that could Again, that's the number. When you tell me someone's a 14 or a 15, that's one thing. You tell me someone's a 2 or a 3, that's one thing. When you tell me someone's an 8.6, so that's like a 9. That's an 80 score. That's legit. I'm going to go that's legit. Onside. I feel it might be lower, but that's legit. Okay, this one, this one next is going to be really interesting. Uh, uh, Arizona, you know, dude, uh, obviously in Toronto, Austin Matthews out of four. Yes, I'm going to say that that is onside because I know, I know that that group plays a hockey sh- lot of golf. <laughs> Tim <laughs> and Marner, and, yeah. and and they they play with uh, they. There's some other guys they play with their regular games that they have. Yeah. So they, they play do. a lot of golf. I yeah. know they play a lot of golf. Yeah, they you know they play a lot they of golf. They definitely so play a lot of golf. That's I, legit. I, I've had some of those conversations with uh, some of that group, and definitely St. George's is a favorite spot for, yeah. for a lot of them. So, yeah, uh, certainly. All right. Uh, Mark Shifley, 2.5. Man, that's a low index. Uh, uh, I know yeah. he plays a lot of golf too. Yeah, and he's and he's been given an exemption and played in the uh, you know the Manitoba PJ Tour Canada event uh, a couple of times. I think he's I, yeah. I, you know what? This year, like Matthews, I'm going to say that's legit. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I, I will say is. it's legit with his buddies, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he obviously hasn't proven that when he's played in the you know, PJ Tour Canada events. It was a whole different. Did situation. you look any of them up? The conditions? Uh, no, I didn't actually. I mean, I'm so, curious, like, like we're saying we're doing this game and that's fun, yeah. but I'm curious, like, if any of them actually have a legitimate index. Like in the, in the GIN in the U.S. or the yeah. Lickey Golf Canada. I, you know what? I'll, I will look some of those up and see yeah, if a they are. Follow up. A follow up yeah. next episode yeah, where yeah, we yeah, do a follow sure. up to some of these ones that are kind of like yeah. outrageous. And see if they're actually, because the thing is, if they've got a number, they're probably keeping it somewhere. Now, there are apps and so forth where people can keep a, yeah, yeah. You know, a non-official in- handicap, but it'd be interesting. You're right to see, uh, you know, whose official indexes are in there and how many scores are actually in there. Exactly. Uh, all right. Two more to go uh matthew kachuk says this is a six matthew kachuk matthew kachuk well he's in florida now but that's that's yeah. just recent so so think about that so he was calgary. a six he was a six when he was in calgary because this was a 2022 video and you know now he's you know living la vida loca and in, in so in southern florida i think he's getting a lot of golf in now i you know what six yeah I think I think it's six, and I wouldn't onside. be. I would. It's onside. I wouldn't be surprised if Brady is similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I and I and I would say, you know, that's one I would like to look up because I would say you're right. Probably now being in you know South Florida, playing a little bit more. Um, I'm gonna guess he's probably creeping a little bit lower. I'd say the that. dad. I'd say Keith was probably a pretty uh, decent yeah, golfer at one point too. So yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. Sure. I'd, I'd say that's 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 onside. 
Okay. Uh, last one here also says he's a six. Brendan Gallagher. Mm. <laughs> no, and again, judged by his golf, not his character. Sadly, yeah. <laughs> that's like Brad Marchand telling me he's a three. Um, <laughs> yes, I hear you. I don't know. A lot of time. A lot of time to golf if you're a Montreal Canadian. So. Oh, all right, Habs fans. We apologize now in advance. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm gonna say. No, that's offside. Offside? Higher or lower? He's higher. Yeah. You think that's an ego play? I think that's an ego play. I think he's probably more like an eight or a nine. All right. Well, we'll look some of those up, see if we can find some of them in in some of the databases, and we'll follow up on a a future show. But uh, thanks for playing onside or offside here on the Flagstick Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's funny. Fun times. Yeah, we like it all around. (laughs) Like that. That was fun. Um, All right. And moving on. (laughs) (laughs) It's judging the character of an athlete via their golf skill. Well, you know, I mean, it was uh, I read an article years and years and years ago about about a person, a a golfer. And Hmm. there's a lot of things that you can tell about a golfer based on how on on how they golf. Like if you're out playing with someone that cheats. Yeah, for uh, sure. Chances are that if they're a business person, they're probably not the most honest business person. Yeah. And, you know, someone who is brutally honest, um, you know, is probably someone that you can trust. Uh, You know, there's a lot of characters. There's more to the article than that. But somebody that fudges their handicap to me. And you know what? I mean, and I want to get into this topic, but I mean, we know having been in this business for as long as we have, there's two types of there's three types of golfers. Uh, when it comes to index, there's those that are straight up legit, put it all in yep. every, every nine hole round, every 18 hole round. They, they, they don't put rounds in where they don't count, where they don't uh, put everything out, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Then there's those that only put in their good rounds. Right. Yep. And we call that Hollywooding. Mm-hmm. And uh, those people are generally those people that can't, bear the thought of not being a single digit handicap sure. being in ego. the a class of everything even though they yep. have no business being there yeah um you know and then of course there's the the uh most well, popular let's get one re- let's get is, ready for the member guest and yeah pump that handicap you know, we we uh we put in only the bad rounds yeah and we call that sandbagging. And yeah, those the, are the people that the, show up at your net tournaments and play yeah. in D flight and shoot yeah. 75. Yeah. That's the two uh, times in a row. We'd like yeah. to win the math. We don't want to win the golf. Well, exactly. And we've had that with the flagstick open. We have four flights. Um, we divide the field up and then it's the indexes don't count during the round, but they count in how we divide up the field. And we have had in the past guys that will come down and come into the tournament and they'll play as a, a C flighter and then right. they'll from from you know a decent distance at Equinel they'll put up a couple of mid 70s rounds you know sometimes yeah. we've seen even par in C yeah. Yeah. uh it doesn't happen very often and it yeah, is and very just, possible. just remember RC is pretty low yes. it's not like the usual yes. C that you see at some other it's places. always possible for someone who is a double digit handicap to right. shoot in the 70s so yeah. when you're when you see that it's not One it's not the end of the world to see yeah. it happen i mean i'm a no. i'm probably at best right now i know my my golf canada index says i'm probably a 2.1 but that's probably because i haven't put a score in in five years um <laughs> I, don't, I think i've had a score to put in this legit yeah but 
I'm not a 2.1. Right. Yeah. Yet. But you're not going go to hurt. You're not going to hurt anyone at a 2.1. No, I'm not. Thing, but right? I mean, I could. I'm not a 2.1. It's more likely that I'll shoot 78 than I'll yeah. shoot 69. Right. However, I can shoot 69. Sure. But you get, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's just not going to happen very often. Yeah. There are probability charts if anybody's interested. The USGA actually has probability charts as far as the, the, the occurrences of a player you know, the odds of them shooting a yeah. certain score and their differential or whatever between the two. So yeah, it can happen one round. I, I mean, I've, I've legitimately played with a, a 24 index who shot 36 on the front nine, but then shot 52 on the back. Um, but, um, you know, people can obviously do that. The probability of them doing it two rounds in a row that's when things start to get a little bit more fishy and you know if yeah if they're doing it two rounds in a row then they're really starting to beat the odds so something get... smelling like a hot dog with extra <laughs> sour kraut <laughs> very sour very very sour all right the yes, uh, the last thing we're on the home stretch of the back nine here the last thing we want to get to is um recently the ontario men's amateur uh concluded yeah uh, and um a very interesting winner this year and not interesting in the oh how'd that guy win no no <laughs> that's not, not the interesting we're talking about no. the interesting is the context of yeah. uh of the win and uh, i'll let you explain what this sure. is all about and then when we're done that we're going to jump to the interview that you why yeah. do i have this jump thing have i, I got a fetish with trampolines to? or something I it's don't know. <laughs> ridiculous okay when we're done uh, uh scott's gonna scott's gonna set yeah. this up uh and what it all means and then we're yeah. gonna go to uh, the interview that Scott did with uh, with Cameron Perrow. So Scott, just to yeah. kind of tee this up a little bit. Yeah, Cameron Perrow, who uh, you know we know from coming and playing in the Flagstick Open, actually, which mm -hmm. uh, you know, a good young man, and uh, we're familiar with his dad. Written his name a lot over the years. His dad won the Ontario Men's Amateur in 1989. They're both from Bloomfield, Ontario, members of Picton Golf Club. Uh, Mike went on to play on the Canadian Tour, and then uh, you know the sons. Uh, James and 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 uh, Cameron took up the game, and uh, yeah, guess what? Cameron uh, won the uh, the Ontario Amateur last week, the 101st, and um, you know, obviously matching the feat of his dad in 1989, the first father son duo to manage the feat in the 101 Crazy. playings as this event, and uh, so I, I reached out to Cameron um got to do his first flagstick interview which he was excited to do actually and uh caught up with him in in bloomfield just to talk about um not only uh you know the circumstances of, of winning that tournament uh having his dad on the bag mm -hmm. uh you know for which is really oh, man, a cool thing awesome think about that. that eh yeah having your dad on the bag for to get that win especially you know those two champions uh but growing up around golf the influence of his dad and kind of where his career is at uh, you know, at the at the age of uh, 20 uh, and now playing university golf and, and kind of what he's looking forward to. So uh, hopefully everyone enjoys this interview with Cameron Perrow. Great young man to uh, to follow and obviously accomplishing uh, some great things on the golf course and, and uh, soon to be off the golf course as well for him. Perfect. Okay. Well, here it is. Scott McLeod with Cameron Perrow. All right, we've got a special guest today here on the Flagstick Podcast. Cameron Perrow just won the 101st Ontario Men's Amateur Championship, which is a heck of an achievement. Uh, and there's a cool angle to it, which we'll get to in a bit. But uh, first off, welcome, Cameron. How are you? Thank you. Uh, happy to be on here. Um, never had an interview with Flagstick before, so 
looking forward to it. Well, we've written your name more than a few times over the years, and obviously you've, you've came and played in the Flagstick Open, and we've seen your brother there and your dad yeah. watching as well. But uh, this is a big occasion. I mean, there, there's probably no bigger amateur event in Ontario than obviously the uh, the men's amateur. Uh, 101st playing of it, which is incredible when you think about it as far as the history of the event. Uh, what did it mean to you, first off, to win that championship and to do it as well at, at Black Bear Ridge, which is you know not far from where you grew up in in uh, Prince Edward County. Right. Um, yeah, it's a, it's obviously a really big deal to me. Um, like in the, in the new year when Black Bear got released that it was hosting the Ontario Am, I was, I was surprised and I was really excited because I mean, I, I love that course. I've played it 15 to 20 times in my life and junior camps and, uh, St. Lawrence tour events and all that stuff when I was younger. So um played a bunch and I was uh, really excited. Um, obviously, sharing the title with my dad is uh, really cool. The only father son do it to do that. So, um, yeah, there was a little little pressure on the last day um, that I put on myself and I was, I was feeling it. So I'm happy that I was able to handle it and embrace it and um, finish strong. Yeah, you were pretty steady down the end there. And, you know, you're going head to head with Ashton McCullough, who obviously, you know, very well from, you know, your team Ontario days and things like that. You two probably had the the most amount of experience on that golf course. Do you think that was helpful for you? I mean, you mentioned obviously playing it a bunch of times, but did that make you feel a little bit more comfortable as, as hard as that is to be comfortable in that big situation? Um, yeah, you could say that. Um obviously having some experience at any golf course usually helps you. Um, it's just nice knowing, especially on some of the holes out there, uh, some targets and uh, decisions and tactics uh, that I've like developed in my tournaments over the years. I feel like they helped me. And um, for example, not going for the green on the eight hole travelable power four. I stuck with that all week um, and I played a three under. So I feel like that was, um a good decision good decision on my half a lot of the guys who i played with went for it um and yeah i mean i waited out before the tournament and had a few decisions and um on a bunch of holes and i feel like i made a good decision and was able to stick to my game plan and hit my targets and just plot along out there you know, you, you made all pars on the back nine coming in there, which, you know, it looks steady when you look at the uh, the scorecard. But, you know, how is it feeling <laughs> when you're out there? Because obviously that's a lot different than maybe what the score indicates. Yeah, no, I, I came out of the gate. I was I was nervous, like I said. I had, had some pretty stiff competition playing with Ashton and, and Garrett and a bunch of guys a couple shots back who were looking to make a run on the final day. So I knew I had to off my ball out there it wasn't just going to be handed to me um so yeah it was a it was a mental grind out there for sure um I mean I had a I started off a little shaky I had a three put on the second hole that I thought I hit a good putt but it came up short down the hill um and then had another hiccup on the fifth hole in the par three I missed right of the green and didn't get up and down but after that, um, I parred in from hole, hole eight on. So um, 
I hit eight out of the nine greens on the back nine every fairway. Um, so, I mean, my ball striking was there. The only difference really between my third round and fourth round was the, like on paper putting. But obviously that's not how it works sometimes. Sometimes you have shorter putts, but I had 34 putts on the last day and 27 on the third day. So, and I was, I was all around the hole. So it was, uh, I, I'm proud of the way I played. I held it, handled it pretty well. So, yeah. Yeah. You obviously, you know, you still had a fair, fair bit of tournament experience, you know, heading into this event as far as big events. I mean, you won a next gen event a couple of years ago, you've been in the mix for a couple of events as well, Ontario junior and things like that. How did that experience with those events sort of help you with this one? Yeah, I've, I've had two previous experiences of coming into the final round with a lead, uh, obviously last year at the, at the junior, um, I went in with a four shot lead, I think, and didn't go the way I wanted to. So happy to get some redemption this year. Um, <laughs> learning experience, right? Value, exactly, valuable yeah. learning. Yeah. 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 Um, and I had the yeah next gen, like you said, in the up in Timmins where I came in with a five shot lead and managed to stick that one out against, against Ben McLean, who's one of my good buddies, a very good player. So um, that was, that was one of the, shaping moments of my of my tournament career um that one came out of came out of nowhere so um and it was i, I felt like i was due for a long time because i had a few tournaments where i felt like i should add uh some more shots than one in the hole but other than that yeah and obviously we, we can't ignore it you mentioned it um winning the title the same title that your dad had won in 1989, which, you know, that's how a lot of us came to know kind of your last name, that and, and, and your right. uncle as well. Um, what did that mean? And to have him there as well? I mean, you know, it adds, as you said, another layer of, you know, pressure and, and some thoughts and stuff, but um, you know, how special is it? It's the only father, son, 101 playings of this event. Uh, that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. It is crazy, especially having him on the bag um, for the whole week. It was it was cool to have him. Um, we were able to talk talk through every shot and discuss the risk and reward on shots. And we played we played pretty conservative all week. Um, just got in position to make a puff for birdie, and uh, if it went in, it went in, and didn't move on to the next hole. But um, yeah, it's been having the trophy here in the house and having seen his name on it right before Mike Weir's and mine's going on there soon. It's it's pretty cool. It's it's really special. Feels surreal still. Still trying <laughs> to take it all in. I bet. Um, you know, and, and let's talk a little bit about that influence as well of, of growing up and around your golf and you and your brother as far as playing and developing. And, you know, what, what was the impact of your dad? You know, obviously he won that amateur, but he went on to, you know, to play on the Canadian tour and have, find some success there. Um, what what are the uh, the big lessons, I guess, that you learned from him over the years? I mean, I would say you guys are pretty calm, <laughs> you know, that's sort of that style of play. But what do you think the key yeah. aspects that you, you learned from him? Um, yeah, well, he, he's pretty much taught me everything. Um, uh, I started when I was like three or four playing against my 
five-year-older brother James um he was always a he was a good golfer growing up he I always looked up to him and then by the time I was 14 or 15 we were having matches together and I'd be able to beat him the odd time so that was cool um but yeah my dad my dad always his big thing was always just sticking to my fundamentals being in a good setup and then being an athlete after that having a knuckles down owning my brick pass the ball um yeah, it was, uh, he's definitely helped me a ton. So I'm uh, really grateful for that. Did he sort of show you as well that, you know, even though, you know, you're from Bloomfield, Ontario, or you're from a small area that, you know, yeah. it could be done no matter what. It didn't matter. You didn't have to be from a big city or a big country club. I mean, you know, you guys are proudly affiliated with Picton Golf Club, which, you know, has a long history itself. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the winners don't have to always come from the, you know, the big city golf courses or the big cities. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, growing up at the Picton Golf Club was a, uh... I, I see it as a blessing because it's a it's a really narrow course. You can you can lose a ball in a heartbeat out there if you if you mess it. So I, I learned to uh, control my ball and not spray it. And I would I would always hit driver everywhere. Um, so I I really learned that ball striking makes it a lot easier on on the putter. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, Picton's in solid shape this year. I've gotten, gotten to play there a few times this year. And uh, yeah, just good coming back here and coming back to what I know and all that has been uh, helpful for my game. And I'm hoping I can keep going this summer and bring it to school with me. That's that's awesome. So let's get to that from a school perspective. Uh, Miami of Ohio, yeah. obviously, you know, your dad went there as well. Uh, there is a legacy of other Canadians having gone down there. Lee Curry from Ottawa, obviously, uh, went there and performed well. How has it been, how has it been for you uh, beyond winning, you know, Mac Player of the Week there, uh, you know, during the season and, and having a yeah. decent scoring average? But how has it been a good fit for you? Um, I've met some of my some of my best friends in my life already down there. Um, it's a, it's a really welcoming place, especially Miami golf and all the families and players and our coach. We're all, we're all pretty tight and uh, just makes it, makes me feel at home down there. Um, the academics have been, have been fun. Uh, I'm in the farmer school of business down there studying finance and um they put you into groups down there and you meet, you meet new people. So it's, it makes it fun going to class every day. Um, and I mean, on the golf side of things, we play, we play a pretty, pretty good schedule. Um, we play some great courses, travel around the country, have some good competition. So uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to going back. And what do you see in the future for you? I mean, I know it's hard to sit there and predict. Uh, you know, you got a taste of playing on PGA Tour Canada at the Ontario Open, the yeah. you know, the one event, and you played pretty mm -hmm. well in that second round. Obviously, you probably weren't as happy with the first round, but um, any thoughts as far as, you know, the future, or are you just kind of, you know, kind of playing it out and see where things go? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always been a, a goal to play on the PGA Tour and try and play pro golf and see where uh, it can take me um i do have a lot of work to do still obviously and uh we'll see where my game takes me through these next three years but as of now i i plan to 
give it my best shot and see uh see if i can make it awesome what have you got left uh for the summer before you head back to school uh next up is i have a usam qualifier down at ohio state's home course scarlet um and then i'm going to the monroe invitational in rochester nice uh which is a good event i'm looking forward to that um, my teammate danny fisher's playing in that as well so we'll Great. be able to catch up um then i'm playing in my uncle's tournament at highland 36 36 old monday tournament the the Colleen invitational uh and then i'm off the the canadian am got a couple days off then i'm back to school <laughs> so so a light schedule is that what you're saying yeah, it's it's starting to ramp up pretty good. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? It can ramp up pretty good with that uh, that trophy behind you already, and you've already got that in the bank. Cool. That's obviously got to give you a lot of confidence going into the rest of the year. So, uh, just want to thank you for coming on. Congratulations again! Tremendous win, great story um, as well, and and something that I'm sure you and your dad can, and your you know your mom and your brother and everybody and your uncle, uh, everybody can just share for a long, long time. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And, uh, uh, take care. Wow. Great. Cool, interview, eh? Yeah. I like that. Great kid. I like that interview. That's a good yeah. interview. That's yeah, a, fun, it's, fun, it's an fun awesome story. story too. Like yeah. it's, I mean, I, I didn't, when you told me about when we were sort of going back and forth about, you know, him, Cameron, possibly, you know, winning, winning. being in contention yeah. to win. You didn't tell me that Mike was on the bag. Yeah. <laughs> so that, a, that kind of adds that adds sort of that that extra layer. layer to the whole yeah. story, you know, if it, about his dad, you know, Mike having won it and and now Cameron winning it and his dad caddied for him. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's really, a special really man cool. at his. Yeah. Special, and clo special close to stuff. home, too, as we talked about in the interview, um, you know, the fact that from Prince Edward County win in, you know, the Quinty area, as he mentioned, a golf course that he's played a whole bunch and, yeah. and like, I mean, there's just I mean, you couldn't write it better i mean it's it's the script right yeah. i mean it's the one that you you sit there and play out and um you know you're watching the tournament and going man this could be really cool if, the, if this happens and you know i wasn't sure if a lot of other people knew that detail i, I don't think a lot of people did yeah um but the fact that it did happen it did play <laughs> out that way you know again it's not about destiny or whatever the case may oh, be no, no no just but just really really cool circumstance and and delighted for them uh mike's always been a very strong straightforward guy uh you know we talked about in, the, in there as far as you know being quiet and, and so forth and you know he's mike's came out to watch the boys play uh at uh, our tournaments and and uh you know you wouldn't know what what he's done in his yeah. life as far as from a golf perspective and, and i have a lot of respect for that and uh, a lot of respect for cameron too you know he's done quite well um won a couple other events as we mentioned in the in the uh uh, in the interview and had some close calls and some others, but this is a big one for him for a lot of reasons. Uh, not just, you know, kind of uh, just winning it and, and being part of that uh, historic lore, but, you know, within their family as well. And, and uh, I, I just think it's a good tale that uh, I think more people need to know about. And that's exactly why we did the interview. And now they do know about it. So you got <clears throat> it. There you go. Scotty back. Yes, sir. Another episode has wound to a uh, quick close it seems like sometimes um, yeah but uh we always got more next week and the week after and the week after and the week after so 
Whatever yeah. we didn't get to, we'll get to eventually. And there's always, it's the yeah. season. So something's always going on. Um, I'm headed to look at some product stuff to, tomorrow. And then the endless summer, uh, Jody Jenkins, who we did the interview with two weeks ago or last week, yeah. um, heading up to catch the final of that, the long drive with some of the world's longest drivers uh, tomorrow night as well. So we'll have lots to talk about next week yeah. for sure. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun week and weekend. Yeah. I yeah. guarantee it. So Awesome. Uh, we hope you'll have a fun, enjoyable weekend of golf as well. Um, well, let's wrap it up. I want to thank uh, our sponsors this week, Metcalf Golf Club, Castleview Golf Club, and our presenting sponsor, of course, TaylorMade with Stealth. They've pushed past the limits of titanium and introduced the world to the carbon wood age. How far are they willing to take it? Way past far into forgiveness, introducing the all-new Stealth 2 Plus, combining the elements of speed and forgiveness to unlock forgiveness visit tailormadegolf.ca to learn more okay well thank you very much everybody for uh listening and or watching and uh, be sure to follow us across all the social media networks as always instagram twitter facebook and tiktok subscribe on spotify audible google podcasts and apple podcasts and do not forget do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us and click that notification bell. Make sure that you never miss a single episode of this podcast or anything else that we put up there. Um, get over to flagstick.com for more amazing golf content delivered each and every day, sometimes multiple times during the day. As always, we do appreciate you tuning in until next week. I am Jeff Botter. I'm Scott McLeod. And remember, always go for the stick.